You may be seated this uh, this morning. Wow, God is so good. Gonna go ahead and pull up the lights now, and we're gonna go ahead. Not not quite that bright. Uh, uh, (laughs) A false balance is in. (laughs) No, Uh, we're gonna. God is so good, amen? I'm going to go ahead and release the children, and then go ahead and release the bridge right now. They can go to their classes, and, uh, and we're going to look into the Word. Uh, did, did everybody get notes this morning? All right, good. If you didn't, you can raise your hand, and the ushers will bring them to you. And you should have also received a card along with that. Thank you, worship team. You did an awesome job. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. I, I heard this uh, earlier this week. It says a little boy, after his little brother's dedication that morning, sobbed all the way home. The parents asked him a few times, why was he sobbing? And he finally said, well, the pastor said he wanted us raised in a Christian home, but I wanted to stay with you. <laughs> The wife um, invited some people to dinner. At the table, she turned to her six-year-old daughter and said, would you like to say blessing? And the daughter responded, I I wouldn't know what to say. The mother responded, "Just, just say what you hear me saying. And the daughter bowed her head and said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, welcome this morning. Welcome to all of you that are online here at Hope Alive. Uh, uh, We just uh, encourage you this morning to make sure you're pressing into worship when it's worship time in the Word. And uh, we're going to look into some things. We started a series a couple weeks ago called God Can't Steer a Parked Car. And we want to get into the place where as we follow Christ that we're, we're doing it uh, in, in, a, in a non-religious way, if I could put it that way. Uh, it's so easy to just slip into religion and to do things the kind of the way that I've always done them or the way that I've seen them done or it's so easy to just uh, basically um, try to do it without having a connection with God. And that only becomes frustrating. It's it's only becomes very religious, and uh, and and it's empty, and it becomes empty. Sometimes, you know, God allows things to happen, but then he he's so interested in having a personal relationship with you. He's so interested in that. That's to him more important than anything else. If he can connect with you in such a real way, that as it said as as it was said of. Uh, Adam in the garden, it said that he walked with God. And there was conversation going on. There was openness going on. And he was able to communicate back and forth with them and, uh, and, and plan life and so forth. And, uh, and that's what God wants with us. And maybe that's why Jesus is actually called the last Adam. He came back to restore us back to this place where we could have a complete open, full relationship with God. 
I just think that's amazing. How about you? I just think, wow, God, you, 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 did, you did not have to do that. You didn't have to do that. But yet, out of this love and this passion that he has over you, he did that. And, and, and we want to make sure that as we are uh, pursuing him, that we are growing in our relationship with him. And we are uh, not just wanting him to be our cosmic genie. Okay, just give me this and give me that and get me to heaven and I'm okay. You know, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny because he really does say you can go to heaven just by faith. You don't have to do another thing. You didn't have to do anything to get saved. You don't have to do anything to stay saved. This is what the Bible says. You're saved by faith. And yet he gives us this amazing opportunity to step into his plan and purpose. And, <clears throat> and that's what we're talking about. And what we've been talking about was how that God has given us over the last two weeks, he's given you a purpose and he called you with a purpose. Every member is important. Can you look at your neighbor and tell them you think they're very important? Every member is important, and you know that to be true yourself, because if you smash your thumb, how many know if something really happens to you inside? You're like, oh my, or if something goes wrong, or if your arm is out of joint and, and it's not functioning, you really notice that. A, a long time ago, I, uh, I cut an artery in my thumb, and they had to put a cast up to here, and it was on for a, a number of weeks, and it was like miserable. It's just what you can't do with a cast on. You realize all of a sudden how important that arm really was when you didn't think about it before. And I think in the body of Christ, we need to get to that place where we begin to realize that every member is important. You're important to God. You're important to what he's wanting to accomplish on the earth. You're not just a nobody. You're not just a number. Remember, he called you, as we said a couple weeks ago, he's called you out by name. And we mustn't belittle ourselves or count ourselves as worthless. And yet so often people do that. Why? Because we see the eyes through our past experiences. We see things through our past experience today. And so people react to different things differently because of what they've experienced. And he's trying to change that in our lives so that we can see things through just like we did when we read the word today. God wants to heal your body. I believe he wants to keep you protected from all the plagues and sicknesses that are around us. I really do. I believe there's just too much in Scripture that says that. And he paid too high of a price for that. You, you realize that, right? It says, by his stripes, you are healed. We all know that, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's time that we, we begin to, to, to really believe who God has made us to be as a part of his family. And we're going to address some things today that I hope will help us to see even further how important that you really are. You're very important. You're very important. And I'm, I'm saying this repeatedly because so many of us just think we're not. And so we just sit back and, and, and we learn how to survive in life and not thrive. And there's nothing worse than surviving. It's, again, it's like I said last week, it's like we're treading water and we're just going nowhere. We're just staying on top, but we're not going anywhere. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I made you this beautiful masterpiece. 
I made you a masterpiece. Come on, think about it. You're a masterpiece. Now, if you have the mind of Christ, you're going to be able to do this in the right way. You're not going to do it in a self-prideful way. You're going to do it in a humble way to say, wow, God, you're amazing that you were, you're so amazing that you gave me who I am and how I am. And, 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 and we're going to see today, I hope, just a peek, take a peek into some scriptures that will help us to see uh, what this is about and what, what, what we're about. Because I really believe we are in the day where God's calling his body up. He's calling his remnant up to the forefront and saying, come on, it's time to stand up. You've been kicked around long enough. You've been pushed down long enough. You've been mocked long enough. Now it's time to stand up. And we're going we're to do that. How many say amen to that? I'd rather be standing up than knocked down. I've made this note on my notes. It says, the Spirit of God doesn't just want to fill you, but he wants to stretch you, and he wants to create a new capacity within you. And this is what we're going to see today. What about this new capacity that God has for each and every one of his believers? So here's what I want to start with. I want to just read a few of the scriptures that kind of encapsulate everything we're going to what we're talking about and then move into just a few points and then hopefully uh, wrap it up with a couple of thoughts that are going to help us today. So Father, today as we <clears throat> continue to read your word, as we continue to focus on you, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon me to, uh, Lord, to speak clearly and what you want said, and that you would come upon all of our hearts to come to fresh understanding in your word. Let it come alive to every person. Your spirit teaches all of us. None of us are below the ability to be taught by the Holy Spirit or to understand it. So today, God, we're asking you to do that. Uh, and in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's just read a few scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some translations say ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant about what? Spiritual gifts. And, uh, and, uh, and so we're going to talk about those gifts and ministries today. Uh, a theologian named Clark says this. He said, uh, spiritual gifts, he says, gracious, they are gracious endowments leading to miraculous results by the extending of the extraordinary influence of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about something powerful. We're talking about something miraculous. We're talking about something that has the ability to, to, to not only touch you and move you and change you, but also to change things around you. And, 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 and so this is what Paul's reminding you. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. Now, sometimes because there has been confusion around it and maybe you've experienced some bad experiences with, with quote-unquote spiritual things that you kind of shy back and just think, well, you know, I'd like to just be comfortable in a church that just reads a few of the, little bit of the Bible and, and tells me that that's true, and then we go home and we're safe and we try to be good. But guess what? That's not what the Bible's all about. Matter of fact, you can't even find that in the Bible anywhere, old or new. It's all radical. It's all supernatural. There's always something crazy happening, right? Come on, you've read the Bible. It is just not a normal book. It is, you know, it, it, even as a believer, sometimes you're like, what? <laughs> really, God? You know, it, it, because there's something divine and supernatural about it that he wants released in you. 
and then through you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 7 says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. So there's varieties or various services and spirits. And, and gifts, and, and then now there's a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers, well, that word's important, he empowers them all in who? Say that one more time. It is it for everyone. He says that he, he, these, he empowers them all, what? All these manifold things, gifts and services and uh, and, and, and activities, he empowers us them, uh, for all of us. And in verse 7, to each is given the manifest, manifestation of the Spirit for the common good or for the profit of all, one translation says, or, or for the good of all, uh, another translation says. So he, he, he's opening up the door now. He's going to begin to speak about these spiritual gifts, but he starts by saying that we're not to be ignorant about them and that we're also to understand they are for everyone. He empowers you for those. So you don't have to be, even if you don't think highly of yourself, it doesn't really matter. He does the empowering. He empowers us. Can you say amen to that? We need to be dependent on him, even as we sang. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 6. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, to everyone who is among you, to everyone who's among you. And I don't, you know, the Bible says that if God wrote everything down, that could have been written, that the world couldn't even hold the book. So he's narrowed this book down for us. So I have to say, wow, if, if, the, if the big book, if at all wouldn't even fit on the world, then how important must this be, every word, every sentence in this book be to me? And this is what he's saying, for through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly as he, uh, than he ought to think, in other words, stay humble, but think soberly, clearly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So today, can I just say to each one of you, you've all been given faith. According to that one scripture and others, but according to this one scripture, you have been given a measure of faith. And when I did some research on that when I was in Bible college, I remember, you know, a measure in, in this day amounted to quart jars. So two quart jars is what a measure is. And then I thought, well, what about the whole idea about your faith being like a mustard seed? And I thought, wow, he's probably given each one of us two quarts worth of mustard seed, which produces great faith. So you have everything you need. It's not like you got to go out and try to find something, but you have to recognize what God has already given to you. He's given to everyone a measure of faith. And I fear that most of those seeds in our lives just stay dormant. Lucky for us, some seeds can stay dormant up to a thousand years, (laughs) you know, but they do. And he's calling us to cultivate the faith that he's already put within us. And we know that the mixing of the word and so forth uh, with faith is what helps that happen. And, and uh, 
Verse 4, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. How many recognize we're all just a little different? As my statement goes, we're all actually still a little bit weird too. <laughs> so we, through, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members one of another, having gifts that are differing according to the grace given to us. Uh, let us what? Use them. Let us use them. So I have to ask myself as I read this privately, personally, and by myself, am I using them? Am I doing anything with them? Or, you know, what is really happening in my life? 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says this here. As each one has received a gift, each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as what? Good stewards of this manifold grace of God. Wow. So we minister to it, and as you study the scriptures, you actually find out that uh, uh, the gifts were given in part to minister in the body of Christ and to the body of Christ. You'll find that repeatedly. And I'm just thinking, wow, you know, he calls us to gather together, and you know, when we're here together, are we allowing those gifts that are in us to be used? Am I using them? It's just a thought. He might want to do a little bit more than what I think he wants to do when we come together. And of course we, uh, we, we, we honor his presence and his goodness and we see his spirit uh, fill us and move us. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11 has is, is always been a scripture that's captured my attention. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. Wow, think about that. I remembered that uh, when Moses, when he was back in Egypt, and they were about to get out, because they were in bondage, right, for 40 years, and, and uh, uh, 400 years, uh, what did he do? He came to Moses, and he said, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, and you're going to be to him the voice of God. I want us to think about some of these things because if he's given us that same ability, what are we doing with it? Are we using it or do I just race past the fact that he told me that let me speak as the oracle of God? It's like he's given us a, um, a kind of a, a, the, the, the certificate to do that, the power of attorney to do that. And yet often, again, we just step back and think, wow, I guess I'm just a nobody, you know, because sometimes we've taught that because we've seen people get prideful. And so we go to the, <laughs> we let the pendulum swing way over here and we become uh, what I might call over humble. And we lose our boldness and we lose our courage and we lose the fact that God's still in control and you are an oracle of God. And, he, and, and so he uses Moses for that. And it says, if anyone ministers, let him do it uh, as with the ability which God supplies. So I'm not doing this because I have this ability other than what he's given me. That in all things, he would be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. 
Come on, it's just this this is so much in this in this word that as we read it, we just begin to say, God, uh, yeah, that, yeah, what am I what am I doing with my life? How am I allowing you to use my life? What is happening? Have, have, have I really become just religious to where just coming to church and doing a good job worshiping or whatever it is or tithing or whatever it is, that that's been enough for me? There's no stirring through the week. There's no calling on my life that I recognize. There's nothing that I feel that God has specifically pulled me out to do. I want to say today, and I'm hoping that he stirs it up in all of us, that he has created you and he's put stuff in you to do. And it will be a delight. It's not like he made a slave out of you, right? No, he made you free indeed to go out and release the supernatural divine ability of your heavenly father on earth as it is in heaven. When he said to the disciples, I want you to pray your ki- my kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that was before he went to heaven. But do you know what he says afterwards? The kingdom of God is within you. That's just what it says. Don't shout me down. It's what it says. So what happens when we use our gifts and talents for the Lord on, on your notes there? Uh, number one, the, the body will mature. The body will mature. Ephesians 4, and he gave the apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and shepherds, and teachers to do what? To equip the saints to do what? The work of the ministry. What for? For the building up of the body of Christ. What? Until when? Until we attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so we together, as we allow the giftings and the callings of God to operate freely, not only in our midst everywhere, but in our midst in particular, we will see a greater maturity coming to the body of Christ. How many know you can come to church all bound up, believing a lie? And maybe somebody will come to you with a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a, uh, some form of a gifting that will come and say, hey, God wanted to tell you this. Boom, it just sets you free. Right? And we'll get into these different gifts as we move on, but uh, it's to mature the body of Christ is what he's given, give, has given the gifts and so forth for. Why? Because he wants us to mature. Ephesians 4.15 talks about that we may grow up in him. Has anybody ever seen a person that's been a Christian for a long time still look like a baby Christian? Don't point to anybody this morning. Don't elbow anybody. But it it does happen, doesn't it? You can stay immature for a long time as a Christian because you just have have never been taught or you don't understand. You were supposed to grow up in this. You were supposed to stay where you were at, but growing up has pains, right? How many remember that? There's growing pains, even in the natural. And we're supposed to grow up in him. The second thing is that the, when, when the gifts and the ministries are operating and functioning, the church will grow. Ephesians 4, 12 through 16, or 12 and 16. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And what does it do? 
it causes growth of the body. What for? For the edifying of itself in love. To me, that's why this gathering is so important. Because if I want it to grow, I might be a part of that. If every joint is supposed to be supplying, right? I mean, you never unhook your arm and leave it at home when you come to church, do you? Why not? Because that arm will die. It has to have the body. It has to have the rest. And he just gives us some very clear pictures here that this is, excuse me, there's a growth and a maturity that takes place as we operate and function together in the gifts and ministries of God. Number three, God will be glorified. God will be be glorified. We read that in 1 Peter, uh, that in all things God may be glorified. As we see the operation and the functioning of the gifts and ministries of God, which represent the power of God and which glorify him, not you, glorifies him, then all of a sudden uh, God then is glorified and we all give glory to him. Amen? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says this here, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. And then he names everywhere. What is a witness of somebody? Isn't a witness of somebody kind of a duplicate or a replication of that person? In other words, I'm witnessing, to witness God, how many would say you probably have to do the supernatural? Yes. <laughs> right? So he's saying, I want you to go do the supernatural because when you do that, it's going to witness me, not you. Because everybody's going to know you can't do anything except for through Christ who will strengthen you or empower you. And and so he pulls, he's trying to pull us out of our little shells and say, come on, I want you to glorify me. I want you to witness me. And again, the only way to do that is just by the supernatural divine power. I know some awful loving, kind, unsaved people. Do you? Right? It's, it's going to be the power of God that magnifies and glorifies him. Number four, number, number four, when we release the gifts and ministries, people will be saved. People will be saved. Remember when it first happened in the book of Acts, there was 3,000 saved. And then there was 4,000 saved. And, and on and on it goes. <clears throat> number five, people will be set free. People will be set free when the gifts and ministries are operating and functioning. People will be set free. Uh, You read through, and I put the verses there. Remember, the demoniac was healed. The girl was delivered from the evil spirit, and Jesus healed. It says, all who were oppressed of the devil. I don't think that we sometimes really believe how oppressed people can be by the demonic. He's the ruler of this world. Come on, that's what the scripture says. But he doesn't have victory over you. He doesn't have power over you. He doesn't rule over you. That's why you can cast him out. But we have to begin to understand that the oppression and the depression that people are facing and struggling with does not come from God. It comes from the principalities and powers. Now, I may be a believer and still experience those things. Why? Because I've tuned in to the wrong station. Even as we read those scriptures earlier, I don't know about you, but I was getting pumped up. Like, that's right. God wants to keep me strong and healthy and healed. Right? I mean, come on. That's the truth. That's the right channel that I need to be tuned into. But I can sometimes slip over, you know, the, you know, have you ever driven your car and you bumped your steering wheel where it has it on the wheel and pretty soon you're listening to another channel? Okay. 
If you don't recognize that, then you got larger problems. But anyway, you, you, bump that, you bump that thing, and it just changes channels on you, and all of a sudden now you're listening to something else, and you go, well, what in the world am I listening to? If it's country western, it's really easy to spot. Okay, but other stuff is not. <clears throat> I know you guys love country western. Uh, I'm the only one that doesn't, I'm sure. And I might change, but I doubt it. Uh, anyway, so people are set free. People are set free when the gifts and ministries are free to flow and operate. Because some of you might walk in here with the gift of discernment and recognize something's not right. And instead of just sitting there thinking something's not right, which we do sometimes, we begin to step it up. We begin to get into our prayer closet right there. And we begin to say, God, I rebuke the spirit that would try to attack the people's minds this morning and lead them astray. I rebuke the work of the enemy trying to get into your house. Come on, because you know they brought idols into the house of God in the Old Testament. We can do that here, right? But see, I had my discerner kicked in when I walked in and, or, or during the worship time, and all of a sudden now I begin to intercede. And all of a sudden I see the freedom coming. Does that make sense? I mean, this is, this is what the, the gifts and the Holy Spirit moving through us. Or I have a gift of you know, healing or faith for healing, and somebody's sick, and I go pray for them, and boom, they're healed. See, that's the operation of the gifts. What does it do? It, it sets people free. And the sixth one, it goes right along with it. People are healed when the gifts and ministries are flowing. People are healed. Think about the crippled beggar in Acts 3. And what about the leper that was healed in Matthew chapter 8? And what about the withered hand that was healed in Matthew chapter 12 and Acts 14? What about all the things? That's all we see happening throughout the book of Acts at the start of the church. He said, now this is what the church is going to be like. It's going to be empowered like this. And before we allowed junk and religion and stuff like that to creep in, the power was free to flow <clears throat> at will. Why? Because the power has to flow through people. I need a few stronger amens on that. In case there's some unbelief in the room. Which there could be. Because people say, what do you mean through you? Yeah, absolutely. The power of God has to flow through you. Why? Because he put his Holy Spirit in you. He said he would empower you when he left. I will empower you, and then you'll go do these things. That's why they waited in the upper room. So we have to, we have to make sure we understand that so we're not waiting for somebody else or something else to do it. You're sons and daughters with an inheritance from your father. And that inheritance is written right here. Whatever it says here, let's go for it. And, and again, it, it, this is how crazy we can be. We can get an inheritance from somebody that has all this stuff listed, and it would be like us saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that's mine, and then putting it down and never going to claim it <clears throat> because it was too far to drive. Right? I mean, that's how... So people are healed when we, as a church, begin to release it. And I think it's as we, as we allow it to happen here, then we take it out. That's exactly what they did in the, in, the, in the upper room, right? They were filled with the power, and a lot of stuff happened up there that we don't know about. And then they went out, and they started spreading that around. 
And that's what he wants us to do. But we must begin to stir it up within our own hearts. So what's the difference, real quick, just very briefly, what's the difference between uh, the gift and the gifts of the Spirit? The gift of the Spirit is for salvation. Peter said this, and he said this, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, and you shall receive the gift, singular, of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> A lot of people get confused. They just think, well, I got everything when I got saved, and that there's, no, there's nothing more. But that's really not what the Scripture teaches. Even the priest, once he was set in as a priest in the Old Testament, it says they anointed them all. And, and, and so he wants to come, and, and he wants to give you salvation, which is a totally free gift, and you'll receive the fullness of a spirit. You don't get half of God. You're not half saved. You're either saved or you're not saved. <clears throat> right? Amen. And when you're saved, you know it because you have a new inward draw toward God and toward the things of God. And if you don't have that, then something's missing. You must reexamine your salvation. If you don't have any sort of a passion for God and you can do anything you want to do, Please don't tell me I went to church all my life and so that means I'm saved. Because it just doesn't work that way. But once, it, as he said here, once I repent and I'm baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, I shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or salvation. <clears throat> but then he goes on and talks about the gifts, which is what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. <clears throat> um, 1 Corinthians 12, 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same Spirit work all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So he brings us all into the picture, <clears throat> excuse me, and he begins to <clears throat> uh, speak of the gifts of God. And we're not going to go through the whole list of gifts. Uh, I put a little note uh, as far as how many gifts there are. Uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit will vary in different people's perspective. There's anywhere, believe it or not, from nine very clear to 27 that we see operate. And we'll talk about some of those. Uh, not today, but we'll talk about some of those. But there's many gifts. There's uh, the ones that were just mentioned there in 1 Corinthians and, and then in Romans 12. You can read through there and you'll see some of the gifts. And Ephesians 4, you can read through there and you'll see some of the gifts. And then in 1 Peter, what we read today, you'll see those. What are the main categories of the gifts? And uh, some people have categorized these for, I guess, just the sake of seeing it. Gifts of power would include the faith. Miracles and healing, faith, miracles, and healings. The gift of utterance would be prophecy and tongues and interpretation. And then the gifts of revelation uh, would include the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And uh, again, those, that's just a breakdown 
uh, that a lot of people do include. And so I put that in there for us. Let's look now at does God give spiritual gifts and callings to every believer uh, and uh, even into the last days? Because that is another question. You may come from a background here today that says that the gifts are no longer needed and they're no, no longer used. And, uh, uh, and, and yet we don't believe that here. Can I say that one more time? We don't believe that here. We believe in the power of the gifts of the Spirit. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, few, a few scriptures here that, that would help us with that. And it shall come to pass in where? The last days, <laughs> says God. They say we don't need them in the last days. But here he said, in the last days, I'm going to do this thing. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men uh, shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Uh, verse 18. And on my maidservants and on my, uh, I mean my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And he goes on. So he's, 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 he's given this to everybody, men, women, uh, no matter what your race is, because he was speaking to all different races there, uh, and also uh, the, the gifts and callings of God are ageless, both young and old, together. And so uh, when, we, when we look in the scriptures, we realize, man, this is, this is for today. How many feel like they're living in the last days? I kind of do. I think there's more and more evidence than ever before <clears throat> concerning that. Acts 2.38, for the promise, now listen to this, for the promise, and we know what the promise, you should be pretty clear that the promise was the Holy Spirit. For the promise was, is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. How many were called by God? Would you raise your hand? Have you been called? I mean, that's really, that's salvation is what it is. I'm called by God. And so these things are still for today. Um, what should be my position or how should I position myself before God to be used by him? And I know this is a, we're going through a lot of scriptures, but I really felt we need to get ourselves into the word and we need to really understand these things so they can, so they can change us. Because if we're not still changing spiritually, then that means we're dying spiritually. There's not like this middle ground. And I have to come to that realization so I can continue to grow because it's so much easier just to live on the past that I've learned than to adventure into the future that's unknown. And if we're not careful, and we see this happening a lot with age, you just kind of, all of a sudden, you just start, oh, I know it all, I've seen it all, what's that commercial, the insurance commercial, you know, we've seen it all, you know, uh, we've done it all. No, you haven't. And there's greater things in your latter life, the psalmist said, than in your former life. So don't miss it. I wouldn't want to miss it if I were you. Number one, I need to present myself. I need to present Myself, Romans 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And so I have to ask myself, have I really presented myself to the Lord? You need to ask yourself, did you really, have you really presented yourself to the Lord? Because if you did, then all of a sudden you're going to be more led by his spirit. Because the moment that you take over, 
and you start believing the lies and you start going and doing your own thing is immediately when you walk away from him. He never leaves you, but you can leave him in this, in, in this respect. And so I need to make sure, and, and maybe you need to do that today. Maybe this is where you're at. I need to really present myself to the Lord. I need to just say, God, here I am. I'm going to quit fighting against you. I'm going to quit walking away from you. I'm going to quit, you know, coming and going. I'm going to just come and give you wholeheartedly everything that I am. You know, I'm going to give it all to you. It's not going to ever be halfway that I serve you, but I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to present myself to you. In other words, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my whole life. See, we love to just give them a piece of us. We do. I've seen people, they just give them a little piece of them. Just enough, I guess, to feel safe or just to feel like they're doing enough. But in reality, you can tell he's never become their Lord, right? Isn't that what it says? I want to be your Lord and Savior, not just your Savior. I want to be your Lord, which means I need to be your master, I need you to be able to connect with me and, and, to, and to walk with him. So I need to present myself. And maybe that's where you're at today. You need to present yourself to the Lord. <clears throat> and I can always tell when I'm not. <laughs> Number two, I need to have a renewed mind. I, I can't explain or express strong enough how important I believe this is in our day. <clears throat> I think it's a new challenge that we have in our day because our airwaves are so filled with stuff that it is almost impossible to get away by yourself with the Lord. How many would honestly admit, yep, that's right. So many things are there for me to look at. Even if I want to go to my Bible on my phone, guess what I get? Attacked with ads. I get attacked with this thing or that thing or that distraction or this distraction. I love technology. There's nothing against technology. Just don't let technology control you. You need to renew your mind. And there's only one thing that can renew my mind, according to the scriptures, is the scriptures. And, and so some of you need to have, in case you don't know, this is a Bible. Some of you need to have a hard Bible so that you can really go there. Get a highlighter, get a pen. I give you permission, write in your Bible. Get something and highlight the things that the Lord begins to highlight to you. You'll find a big difference. Maybe it should just be, I got this book over in my prayer corner where I always, whenever I go there, I'm really going to get rid of that phone because it is out of control. Uh, and I'm going to get into my Bible and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I'm going to commune with him, and I'm going to get into his word. If, I, if, I, if I'm not willing to do that, I think, if I'm not willing to really get aside, and again, you can do it on your phone, maybe. Maybe. I'm just saying maybe. I'm your pastor saying maybe. It's just hard. But I find when I really set aside with, a, with, with, with this paper that, that, that the Lord begins to speak to me. So I, I need to renew my mind. I need to start thinking differently than what I think. I need to go back to the Bible and allow everything in my life to be controlled by the Bible. I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, just being angry. Right? Always angry. What, what do I do? Well, my best advice is to go back to the Bible. And begin to let the plumb line of God 
get set inside of your mind again so you'll come back to it instead of the other file cabinet that your little man in your brain keeps going to every time something happens. That's what happens. You have file cabinets in your brain. And whichever ones you have unlocked is the one that your mind goes to when you are faced with a situation. As soon as we begin to understand that, I guarantee you'll begin to fill your mind with the Word, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, uh, a plan for that. Uh, It'll begin to transform your mind. I need a renewed mind. 12, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So if I'm not renewing my mind in His Word, then I'm being conformed to the world. Remember I said there's no halfway. There's no I'm just staying in neutral now. I'm just a nice neutral Christian at this point. No, 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 no. You're, you're going one way or the other, and actually it's each day, isn't it? Every day I'm going to go one way or the other. I'm going to choose to jump in here and let God renew my mind. Why? So that I won't be conformed to this deception around me in the world. I'll be able to, more than anything I think, as I stay in the Word on a regular basis, I will be able to discern what's going on out there. When you can't trust the news, you better trust the Holy Spirit. You better allow Him to be very clear with you. He might just say no to something, right? He might just give you a check. He might just give you a little warning light. He, he, he might sound a big bell. I don't know. But if I'm in here, all of a sudden now, all the news can be confusing to me, but I'm affirmed in the Word. I'm affirmed in my spirit. That's why there's even a gift of the discerning of spirits. Sometimes we just have to slow down. And, and again, I, I don't even want to talk about how bad the news is these days. But it's just so hard to get any clarity, isn't there? And, and so I'm, I, I know the Holy Spirit's been saying to me, this is clear, and when you get into this, you'll see what's unclear out there. And then the third thing and the last thing is, is I need to walk in grace and faith. Romans 12 and verse 3. These are all Romans 12, 1, 2, 3. Very important scriptures. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, Remember, this is, this is the writer saying this. I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Just stop here for just a moment because I want to wrap it up this morning, but I, I want... Uh, I, I, I want you to let some thoughts sink in to your heart this morning. Can we just pull the lights down for just a second? You know, it's kind of help you get into your closet here. I, I want to read three scriptures to us. And uh, I, I want us to allow the, the seed of what we've already heard, as well as these three scriptures that I really just felt like the Lord say, just, just read these three scriptures to close this off with. And so let's just take a moment and uh, allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to us. And, and let's push it down. A maturity has to come as we talked about. We got to mature. 
We cannot be, if we're not, we're being tossed and turned like children, it says. So I have to mature. And the only way I know how is to get in a relationship that's alive, alive with God and filled with his word. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. You are of God, little children. And you have overcome because he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. You've already overcome. I don't know what, what's going on in your life, what the battle is, what the confusion, what the pain, what the hurt, what the struggle is. But according to his word, and I'm telling you, God would not say anything to hurt you. He's your heavenly father who only gives great gifts. You are of God, little children, and you've overcome them because he who is in you, he's greater than he is in the world. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. John chapter 14 and verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, he who believes in me, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. He was just telling them about it at the moment. But can I just tell you, he's already gone to the Father. And so there's something greater that we can accomplish and there's something greater that we can do if we really allow him to do it. And it's done in us and it's done through us. And whatever your struggle is today, I'm going to pray in a moment for you. But we've already read the the oppression, the healing, the sickness, all these things that he speaks of that can be healed are in the scriptures. And I got to looking through uh, through the scriptures and I, I realized that, you know something? Both the Old Testament, this might be revelation to you, but both the Old Testament and the New Testament are filled with miracles. I have a list in front of me of over 160, and that's not all of them. I mean, waters parting, feeding the 5,000, lepers being cured, healed, axe heads floating, uh, you know, people raising from the dead. Uh, I mean, it's just, there's just so many miracles. Water into wine, uh, you know, widows raised. I mean, it's, it's, it's just demoniacs cast cured or cast out of people. You know, Jairus' daughter raised from the dead, blind men see. I mean, there's just so much in the Bible. Let's not miss that. That's never stopped. And there's not one place you can show me in the scripture where it says that it has. And so these things you will do and greater. And I'm looking forward to seeing the day when there's a greater release of his power. And I think now we're living in a day where it really needs to happen. We got to deal with this 
garbage that's going around is not from God. It's like a plague, and we need to begin to take action. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So maybe right now, let me just pray. uh, Let me just pray over us. And you just take whatever part might be for you. Just be transparent with the Holy Spirit right now as to where you're at. What do you need? What's going on in your life that you know is confusing or sickness or not working the way that it should and, uh, and, and based on what the Word says. And let's just believe God that He's going to do something. Father, today, we have definitely heard You and Your Word. And so, God, today, we're not coming on sand. We're not standing on sand here today. We're coming to stand on the rock. And, Lord, we, as we stand here, You said that those storms that were around us would not blow us over. And so today I'm praying, God, that as we've placed ourselves on the rock, those that need healing would be healed. Those that, Lord God, that are struggling, uh, Lord, with emotional things, today the mind would be cleared and the truth of the living God, the way you created us, would come to mind. (laughs) Lord, for those that are struggling, Lord, in the emotions, God, those that are struggling from past events, God. All of that you literally paid for on the cross. You said you took it on your own back to take it away. And today, God, I pray, really forgive us for not truly believing every word that you said. And today we change our minds, we renew our minds to believe what your word says and to stand on it. And that you will begin to sweep through this body, Lord. I thank you that there will be divine protection and covering against the, uh, really the plague that's going on around us. I, I pray there would be a, such, a, such a, a glory and light of the Father through us that people around us would begin to experience it and be hungry and thirsty for it, God. There'd be such a peace in our lives, God, that, uh, Father, people would begin to recognize it. And, and begin to uh, want, Lord, what you have for them. And I, I pray today for every person in this church. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, that you said you put within us would come upon us in a fresh way. Just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you right now. Would you do that? Just use your words. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm not full right now, God, so fill me with your Holy Spirit. I leak, so fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need you today, God, so fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray for everybody that's watching online. There's just no boundaries. (laughs) Not only are you ageless and so forth, you're also boundless, God. Let your healing virtue flow to every home, God, that's watching. And let the power of the Holy Spirit and your word break forth today, God, in every home. And we thank you for those that are online, God. Just believe the same power uh, toward them as in this room. God, we thank you. We thank you. 
We thank you. We thank you. Just thank him. Would you do that? Just thank him. Just, just thank him. He's got so much he wants to bring, bring to your thoughts and understanding and provisions. Uh, just thank him, God. We thank you for that. We don't take it for granted, God, but we thank you for that. Hallelujah.